Who back when? Who back when? A Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Past. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk you through our wish list of who we want for the next Doctor and who who the Bucky's favourites are and... Not just actor. Not just actor, but the very showrunner. I'm obviously Marie, you can hear that from my northern twang. Who have I got with me today? Why, to my left... I believe, in the very same room all the way from Berlin, it's... It's me, it's Jim. Hello everyone in podcast land. Hello, Marie. Good to see you again, Jim. It's been a while. And over the ether with the glorious red room behind him is the one, the only... Why, it's Drew McWen with his southern drawl. <laughs> <laughs> and to his left on my screen, with the magnificent mane of hair, we have the fabulous main man oh <laughs> you flatter me it's me it's leon hello marie hello jim hello drew hello podcast land super duper excited about tonight super duper crazy excited yay so am i <laughs> that makes one of us <laughs> I'm, not, I'm excited too my nips are diamonds <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> that's maybe a step further than mine but okay <laughs> my nips are as bantium so beat that <laughs> Leon, I hear you have a list of the bookies' favourites. Do you want to talk us through those? Shit, yeah, I do. Uh, So I have... I have two lists in front of me right now. Tell a lie, I've got it somewhere on my computer. These two lists are just sort of, this is what the gossip mags are saying. Here are some uh, actors who are like really favored. And then I have the stone cold bookie numbers. I have the list from Paddy Power, if anyone wants to go in and check. And it's a long list. Like it's a super duper long list. So how about I go through the rumored ones first, because that's like four or five names. And then we can rattle off the Paddy Power list. Let's do that. Marvellous. Sounds good. Oh, sorry. Before I go into this list, in the bonus episode that we did about Time Fracture, at the very end of that uh, bonus episode, JD and I had a very, very brief conversation about the then, at the time, rumoured 14th Doctor actors, the candidates for it. And that list is... Like it's almost exactly this list. There's a slight variation. So do have a listen to that as well. Even if you're not interested in the time fracture thing, scrub to the very end of the episode and listen to, to JD speculate. But yeah, so here we go. Numero uno. I think everyone knows that this name is the front runner. Ollie Alexander. Mm. How do we feel about Ollie Alexander? I still need to get around to watching It's a Sin. Yeah, according to JD, it's intense. I've never seen it. Yeah, no, me neither. We should definitely all have watched that before, at least one episode before this. <laughs> he is the front we, runner, you're well, right. That's a Doctor Who connection, though, because It's a Sin was made by RTD, right? And he's the godfather of New Who. Yeah, and the critical consensus from it is, wow, Ollie Alexander can really act. Yeah. Holy crap! He's 30 years old. Oh, no, wait. He is 30 years old. I said holy crap because I went on IMDb and it was like, he's got 44 credits. But then you scroll down and it's years and years video, years and years video, years and years video <laughs> years and years alternate <laughs> option video it also seems like a really unlikely high number because he looks like he's about 15 that guy i don't know what his secret is but i want in on it <laughs> it really works for him actually if you scroll past all the years and years video he does seem to have been an actor for a few years before he started making it big as a musician so yeah He's probably got quite a long standing in it that I just didn't know about. More famous as a musician than as an actor? Question mark? I mean, I would say so, but that's just one mostly ignorant man's opinion. 
when his name came up, I did Google him, and the vast majority of links that came up were of him as a musician. I had no prior experience of him. But I did watch a, a video or two of him just speaking. N nothing of him acting. <laughs> this is something I need to do still. But just of him speaking, and he seemed like a genuinely like really nice chap. So that's a strong positive, I think. Oh, and Marie, he's from Yorkshire. Ooh. Well, that's, my criteria does include, let's keep it in the home counties, as in the Yorkshire <laughs> counties. Can you yeah. really have two doctors from Yorkshire in a row? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't that in fact make perfect sense? Because you could bake that into the writing. You could go, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't regenerate very far. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could do something with that. Didn't have to regenerate the vocal cords, whatever. Yeah, still not from Cornwall. <laughs> I would just suggest that um, Ollie Alexander's, not obscurity, but sort of unfamiliarity to a lot of the viewing audience would fit with previous people elevated to the Doctor role. Like David Tennant had appeared in Casanova and a few other things, but he hadn't really made it massive before he was the Doctor. And Yeah, Matt Smith also yeah. was fairly unknown. Yeah, this so, is yeah. what I was going to say. Because usually the, the list of, oh, this might be the next Doctor, they're all super, super famous. And it's just like, there's no way that they're going to just give up their movie careers to come back to yeah. it's gonna be Judy Dench. film for the next no. three years. <laughs> like, who's going to do that? So, yeah, it should be someone that's not as well known, I think. So, he has that in his favour. When we speculated who the 13th Doctor was going to be, didn't the bookies say Helen Mirren? Wasn't Helen Mirren like a front runner? Yeah. I mean, they, I'm sure they said that again this time. Helen Mirren has way better things to do. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked at the full Paddy Power list. It's very possible that Helen Mirren is there. But isn't it that exactly the same joke you just made with Judy Dench? Was Judy Dench on the list before? No, but you said, Judy Dench, wouldn't that be insane and impossible? And... That's all that was doing when it put Helen Mirren in the conversation. Hey, she's way too old, but wouldn't it be funny? <gasps> she is not too old. That's very ageist of you. And also, thank you for pointing out that my joke was shit, Drew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about we go on down this list? Because as we add more names to this, I'm sure that we'll be in a better position to also compare them to prior names on the list. So, uh, hang bear on, in hang mind. On, hang on, hang on, hang on. Can I just defend myself again? <laughs> <laughs> just 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 to say that Helen Mirren is is uh, 76 and she can do an action film sure but as you just said three grueling years of filming in Welsh quarries uh, but no I, one needs that at that age but I would counter that Helen Mirren is in better shape now than William Hartnell was when he took it on probably very That's true I but would, he practically died that. in the role I don't want that for <laughs> Helen Mirren she's very committed to her art also very few Welsh quarries nowadays <laughs> The ratio of quarry to not quarry has changed drastically since Classic Who, but but sure, yeah, I take your meaning. Okay, I am moving down this list to number two, and it is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So I adore Fleabag. I adore Phoebe Waller-Bridge with all my heart, and I love her so much. But again, I just I just think she's got so much more going on that this is not going to be a priority it's like for her. Writing Hollywood movies now and yeah. doing shit tons, isn't she like a script doctor for Hollywood as well? She was definitely involved in uh, souping up the ever-delayed Bond film that we may oh, yes, never get exactly, to see. Yes, exactly, yeah. Did, yeah. 
Yeah, I think she's too busy. Yeah. Oh, she's in that Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Donald Glover. Yeah, she's not going to be available for some time. And she's involved with Indiana Jones. Oh, what? This is a wish list. We should yeah. make that very clear. <laughs> and this is about the wishiest person on the list. Yeah. Okay, so here's a point that I brought up to JD. And maybe you can comment on this in the, in the context of super famous people like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and perhaps more people on this list. Just you wait till we get to the Paddy Power list, because holy smokes, there are some wish num- uh, wish names there. But does Doctor Who carry so much cachet that no matter how famous you are, maybe you would take that job? Like th- There's a very finite amount of people who are going to be cast in this role. It's the equivalent of being James Bond or Indiana Jones or these iconic characters. Yeah, and she's already knocked off two out of three. <laughs> but she hasn't played them. No, true. Is it possible that you go, oh, yeah, this chance is only going to come around once in a lifetime. Yeah, I'll do it. But I just don't think that they would offer it to it. Like, based on previous Doctors, I don't think that they want someone that is more famous than the Doctor because you have to believe that it's them. And if you're too familiar with them in the first place, it kind of breaks that fourth wall a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I'm always kind of considering this. It's not that... Oh, they might be too busy, or you know, they're doing Hollywood now or whatever. It's that loads of people have seen Phoebe Waller Bridge in other things. Like they know what her characters can do and all this kind of stuff. And that's not what you want for the doctor. You want the doctor to come in kind of fresh and you don't know what's gonna happen. They could take someone that's in Hollywood, like I don't think they should, because I I think this is maybe one thing that should be British, but they could take someone who's, you know, doing super well in their career, but happen to not be leads in things, maybe. Not you know, one of these kind of always a secondary character actors yeah that would that would be fine by my book but you know those people are obviously busy because they're making big budget films and stuff since you said someone who brings something fresh to the role disregarding names actual individuals what would you like the 14th doctor to be like uh straight off the bat do you want the 14th doctor to be young or old (laughs) maybe old is a mean word young or wise (laughs) like are are we talking (laughs) Are we talking uh, Ollie Alexander or are we talking, you know, William Hartnell? I think I would go young because I read an article recently that was saying about how like the transition from David Tennant to Matt Smith was so successful because they were quite similar. Like they were both white men who were similar sort of age, but they managed to bring something unique to it. And I think if you if you suddenly went for someone really old again after having Jodie Whittaker, it would feel like a flip flop. Like you've gone old for Capaldi, then young again, and then old again, and it just doesn't have that sense of continuity. And if you're changing a lot of the show and getting a new showrunner as well. Maybe that's the only thing that does give you a bit of continuity. Okay, so we're going with young, happy-go-lucky, or severe and stern? Severe and stern, because there is one scene from the last two series where Jodie Whittaker has resonated with any kind of authority. And that's when she's talking about, I am so much higher up than you, I'm a stratosphere, and you're way down there. And that's, that was it for the last three years. So I'd like to see a commanding presence. Nice. Very nice. Okay. (laughs) Any other character traits that anyone would like to introduce here? By the way, I'm totally on board. Actually, you know what? I'm not so fussed about age, but severe and stern, please. Yeah, but also fun. I quite like just having the range. Yeah, like I want want the comedy in it still. I want... This is still why I cling to Matt Smith as being maybe the best Doctor, because he did that. He did that severe stuff, and he did the absolute goofball to a T. (laughs) And it was so fun. So did Capaldi, I think. Yeah, but he did it in reverse order. Not to the same level of goofery. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the thing about the Doctor. There's always a playful side, and it can get lost sometimes, or not written well enough. Is probably more the case. Yeah, that's true. With a new showrunner showing up as well, showrunner and actor, it's very possible that the whole thing is going to be slightly reinvented yet again. Are there any elements of Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, Whitaker that you either want to keep or absolutely get rid of? I think through all of them, like you you said Eccleston, and I immediately, I had the kind of goofball thing in my head still and thinking, is he a goofball? I think he was in, in places. And what I could picture was his beaming smile. And I think mm. you get that from a lot of those um, portrayals, actually. And I think that has to stay. The, the absolute joy that the Doctor can get mm. in some new thing or just open the TARDIS doors and you don't know what's going to be outside or something like that. That's what you need still. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We want some thrilling and exhilarating adventures rather than returning to tormented and troubled too quickly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. When I say I also want Severe and Stern, what, what I, I think this is maybe also biased because we're currently going through the Capaldi years and it, I'm super duper enjoying that. I love the fact that the Doctor is a very stern character, but he's also a, like a nonsense clown. He's got his yo-yo and bouncing off the walls. I love that about him. Oh, fuck it. You know what? Okay, how about the next name on the list? Let's hear it. Michaela Cole of I May Destroy You fame of uh, Chewing Gum. Very similar to Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a lot of ways. Wrote two series. The second one was massive. The first one was on Channel 4, suddenly in demand everywhere, way out of Doctor Who's price range. Yeah, JD also pointed out she has been cast in the next uh, Black Panther movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. They have a very similar trajectory, and yeah, that's true. Doctor Who does not intersect with that, I, I think. Yeah, there's another point as well that also that JD pointed out, and that's that Ollie Alexander has acted apparently very well in stuff written by other people. Michaela Cole acted super duper well in stuff she's written. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge acted super well in stuff she's written. We just have a limited amount of screen experience of these actors portraying characters that they haven't created for themselves. Yeah. Michaela Cole, undeniably, was fantastic in I May Destroy You. I've not seen that either. I've only ever seen Chewing Gum. And only, we only oh. saw like a few episodes. And it, it, I don't think it was for me. I've not seen it. I don't even know what it's about. It's, a it's about her life, I think. All right. yeah. Wait, did she write that as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So this is the thing. Like she she's a fantastic actor, but everyone's only ever seen her in stuff that she's written. Maybe that this was what JD was getting at in that case. Wrote the theme tone, sung the theme tone. Exactly. And the, and that's <laughs> that's the thing that worries me about like comedy people that come into Doctor Who is that I don't really like it when comedy actors come into Doctor Who that have like just done straight comedy before cause What about Matt Lucas Marie? Yeah, my Lucas well, is wonderful. Well, I mean, it's it's taking me a while to warm to him. As 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 he has you, Drew. What about wait, sorry, Michelle are you Gomez? saying that? Wait, is she a comedy a person? Yeah, Michelle. But, but also, is Michaela Cole a comedy person? I wouldn't count her as a comedy person. Oh, sorry, I just talked over well, you. It's only because I've only seen her in Chewing Gum and that was a comedy show. So that's the okay. only reference point I have. So maybe not. But yeah. Yeah, Michelle Gomez is the exception to the rule because she is a comedy actress, but I love her so much. She's phenomenal. So, But she doesn't write her own stuff, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've not seen Michelle Gomez in anything outside of Doctor Who that I can think of off the top of my but head. But you should but watch Green Wing. S- yeah, I never so saw that. I've, I've only ever seen <laughs> Michaela Cole in I May Destroy You. And that is not a comedy by any stretch. And she delivers a sensational performance. 
but it's a very dramatic one. So I don't like. Mm. I really want it's, the Doctor also to be goofy and fun and you know happy go lucky. So, so it's, it, I mean, contrasting well, against that severity, and I don't know if she's capable of that. I've never seen her do that. Watch chewing gum. That's exactly what she does in chewing gum. Yeah. Okay. I think she but, definitely would have the range to do it. That being said, yeah. have we agreed that she's probably not going to be the next Doctor because she's simply too successful and famous at the moment? <laughs> And possibly too grown up. Mm. Too grown up? Well, I just mean the themes she tackles are seriously weighty and urgent and adult. And while Doctor Who strays into that territory, it doesn't do it with the same intensity. (laughs) Then again, she is now going into Black Panther 2. Yeah, actually, how long is she going to be on that set? Maybe two weeks in front of a green screen? Tops. Come straight back well, again? I mean, who knows? I don't know how long they shoot for, but yeah. This is an interesting point, though, because we don't really know when the next stuff is going to start. Like, we've got a plan for what we're, we're getting in series... I forgot. Series 13? Series 14? I've forgotten already. They might not start filming for, like, two years or something. Who knows? Like, they, they want to presumably do a 60th anniversary stuff, but, you know, that might be the start Yes. Holy smokes, yes. Yeah. By which time Helen Mirren will be as old as Harrison Ford is now playing Indiana Jones. Okay, stop A-shaming Helen Mirren and or Judi Dench. Helen Mirren Mirren is not too old to be an action hero because Harrison Ford proved it. So not only were you you aged before. Helen Mirren is in F9. She's awesome. Yeah, but have you heard about Harrison Ford's litany of injuries? The filming keeps being (laughs) delayed and delayed because some tendon snaps or ligament breaks. Oh, the poor bastard. Also, he keeps crashing his planes. (laughs) Yeah. He's slowly going blind, but no one will tell him because he's Harrison Ford. Yeah, he'll just say, <laughs> fuck off. And everyone will go, that's classic Harrison. I that's can't right, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> go home. Harrison Ford told me to fuck off today. It's like, well, yeah. I my life. <laughs> what? Famously easygoing Harrison Ford? <laughs> All right. Do you guys want the Who's next name next? on this list? Yes, please. Richard Ayuade. No, he's always on this bloody list. We've seen him. Yeah, like, I remember we talked about him last time. Last time, like I do, you know, he's fine, but he's too comedy. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything serious. I feel like he would make a great Doctor, but I don't think that he's gonna be it. And also, once he would be cast as the Doctor, I feel like I would take it back. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I think he would be great, but it would be very difficult to disassociate him from all of the talk shows that he's been on. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. He's too. He's too big of a personality in his own right now yeah, yeah and, and you talk about worrying about whether Michaela Cole or Phoebe Waller-Bridge has the range I feel like Richard Ayoade only entered the conversation because Matt Smith did the stilted awkward thing and that chimed with him perfectly well and I haven't seen him do it much apart from that <laughs> honestly that's a fair point. <laughs> Much as yeah. I loved Garth Marenghi's Dark Place when I very recently watched it, and I rate him so highly, I just don't know. Yeah, fair. Absolutely. He's fantastic at that, though. Yeah, but that is, I think that, that is when his name first started cropping up, was when we were talking about the Doctor after Matt Smith, and it's just every time since then he comes up again. If he ain't done it by now, he's not going <laughs> to. 
All right, Rich, prove I, us wrong. I just want to throw in a random thought I have with this as well. I can't quite express it, but I, I feel like his doctor, I would always be thinking, this is someone trying to pretend to be the doctor. Like, the, I don't know. Like, oh, really? It would, it, would, it would not feel like a genuine persona of the doctor. I feel like it would always have a little undertone of sarcasm or just... <laughs> I don't know, something oh, else. Interesting. And I, I'd be like, I wouldn't think it's Richard Iowadi playing the Doctor. I would feel like this is someone pretending to be the Doctor. This isn't the Doctor. See, I can see Richard Iowadi as sort of a Patrick Troughton-ish Doctor, who is goofy, awkward, and uh, on the surface just misplaced but actually behind the surface like there, there are or under the surface that below the surface even whichever preposition you prefer there, there there is so much going on and he's just judging everyone but yeah Maybe. that was good <laughs> yeah but in that scenario that Leon's describing, the Doctor is judging all the other characters. I think in Jim's scenario, Richard Ayoade, the actor, because he's been nothing but arch and detached throughout his career, is also judging the character of the Doctor he's playing, and we can't <laughs> trust him to sincerely inhabit the role. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Like, when you watch Moss in the IT crowd or something, like it doesn't feel like a true character. It feels like someone's doing a doing a bit through the entire series. Oh, I see. I've never watched him in 100%. that, actually. Oh, you should watch that too. That's so good. You've got a lot I of British comedy fantastic. to catch up on. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I want to see him in that, and I really want to see Garth Marenghi in that, because he's also in, mm. in IT Crowd, isn't he? He's like the boss or something. Mm, I've seen yeah. a few clips did of him like, in them. He was did hilarious. you see um, Toast as well? Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. Yes, I've seen a whole bunch of clips. I've never seen the show as a whole, but I've seen a few clips of Matt Berry and Toast, and it's just like oh, oh, toast oh, is, crazy bananas. Toast is fantastic. Really funny. Uh, you guys are listing shows I've never got through more than one or three episodes of. Green Wing, <laughs> oh, no. one. The IT Crowd, one. Toast, three. And that's only because my what? manager really liked it and kept saying, watch it, watch it. It gets so much better, and it just went downhill. I'd see all those references and raise community. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So good. Yeah. So good. Oh, you're right. Oh God, let's, let's absolutely mention Dan Harmon when we get to the showrunner conversation. No, um, no please don't. Please don't. <laughs> okay, next name on this list is Tom Rosenthal, who played Johnny Goodman in Friday Night Dinner. Oh, I mean, wait, which one's John? Which one's Johnny? So I, I had to Google him because I didn't know which one he was either. <laughs> is he one of the kids? Yeah. Yeah. He's not either piss face or puss face. He's the one that isn't in the in betweeners. <laughs> oh, I've the non in betweeners one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, he's so annoying. <laughs> he's awful. Please, no, I can't. No, I'm going to stop watching if it's him. I won't. But obviously, don't. Play. <laughs> you obviously won't, but that's fine. Let's just carry on. <laughs> yeah. No, skip past him. He's not good enough for my show. <laughs> okay. On this website, there's only one name left. Should we guess who and is, that is name. Is it Martin Sheen? I didn't hear oh. about Martin Sheen. I heard about Michael Sheen. Wait, I think I've said the wrong one. I think I meant Michael. Michael's oh. one is in... Um... Staged. <laughs> Staged, yeah. And the... Uh, what was the Dark name? Dark exactly. Good Omens. Yes. Good Omens. Yes, yeah. exactly. Sorry, yes, yes. yes. He's so good. I love him He would so be much. fantastic. And... But also, he is happily, he super famous? But he would happily move to Wales for three years. That's where all his family are. Of course. Yeah, he's yeah. already there. He does things in Wales exactly. all the time. He's one of Wales' exactly. greatest cultural exports. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> of all and the famous no... people, I feel like yeah, I could believe no... he, like, he would do it. Wait, is he not too famous now, though? No, he doesn't do big things. He does British TV. Is he Capaldi famous? Is he that yeah. level of famous? Okay. 
Yeah, yeah that's a pretty I good level for it. And there's hmm, really Capaldi was coming off the back of the thick of it. Yeah, but that that didn't have international appeal, whereas uh, Good Omens yeah. and other stuff, Stage, oh, for example, yeah. has international yeah. appeal. And it, so I think and it wasn't the back of it, was it? Wasn't there like a decade in between? When did the thick of it end? Uh, too soon. Yeah. But, but, quite, <laughs> quite a while before. Yeah. Actually, you're probably right. It was probably 2011 because they had the Coalition series, didn't they? Oh, now you've got me wondering. Either way, he would be fantastic. I would freaking love Michael Sheen. Oh, Michael sweet Sheen bananas. Be in it. Even if he's not the doctor, they need to write him in as oh, a master. Master. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh hello. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, sweet buttery Moses. Yes, please. Yeah, but Absolutely. Be- Butters my crumpets. <laughs> That's another thing we need to do. We need to cast the next master. Absolutely. But no, but do we need to cast the next master? That that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Like, okay, fine, a different bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, more you know, do we need to throw out everything? Uh, you know, I guess that's the question. No, that's like, a fair uh, point. That's a fair point. Yeah. We don't. And Sasha Dewan was was pretty cool. Yeah, I loved him. Or is pretty cool. Yeah. Is it Martin or Michael? It's Martin. Michael. Michael. Shit. <laughs> <I do>. Martin <laughs> Sheen is Jed Bartlett in the West Wing. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I do think I do think that Michael Sheen would make a great master because he's just so like kind and cuddly and soft, and it would be really then quite a weird thing to see him being really cruel, but in this like gentle granddaddy type way. What? No, he can he can completely turn on the rage. Michael Sheen is a furnace waiting to be lit, waiting to be stoked <laughs> by the right bellows. <laughs> You've seen staged. There is no one better at flying off the handle than Michael oh, really? Sheen. I would love to see him do that as the master. Like he does fly off the handle in the stage, but don't you always kind of feel like through most of it you could just kind of like tickle him a bit and then you would just come back down again? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe, but that's because in stage there's no ominous musical cue playing underneath it. Yeah, he's on Zoom and not in front of a, guess, a green yeah. screen either. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know that he and David Tennant are great friends and they're not hmm. actually falling out. But see, so he's got the Doctor Who connection because he's buddies with Tennant. So he's probably buddies with all of them. So I think he, if he true. wanted to be in Doctor Who, he could easily pull some strings. Surely he's BBC yeah. royalty, in effect. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can also see him as being someone the BBC would throw money behind. Mm, I mean, th- yeah. not that they should have to be persuaded, but I really feel like they would give him a push. Or perhaps he'd participate in a push. Because what I've been trying to say for a little while is he's the hardest working actor out there. He's always doing projects. He's always giving his heart and soul to it, doing months of research for roles. He actually would spend three years in a Welsh quarry. <laughs> and he he is the one that kind of proves the thing I was saying earlier, I think. Like, he is kind of well-known, but not big enough that you would kind of go, oh, he couldn't be the Doctor. Okay, question about him, though. Is he too close to Capaldi in tone, no. in character? No, he's much more cuddly than Capaldi. <laughs> I think he's a lot softer. Okay, is he too close to Tennant in character? Is he, is he too close to something no, we've already had? because he's not a big player who just who's just yeah e- depressed emo guy who like cries he's, he's not an intergalactic poon hound as i believe yeah. we uh, we coined <laughs> yeah that's the word i was looking for <laughs> I, I think while michael sheen does tend to lose himself in a lot of his roles 
impersonating Tony Blair or David Frost or whoever it is, and he's done that multiple times. I think he he's got more than enough stores of actually uh, vault whatever to treasures to bring to a character and shape it into something individual that we haven't seen before. Mm, I agree. Zero counter arguments from my point of view. His name is not the last name on this list, though. Bear in mind, I haven't even touched Paddy Power, and his name is probably on that list. But the last name on this list here is Jody Coma. Oh yeah! Uh, oh mi- shit! Uh, yeah. That would have been my next guess. <laughs> I did know her. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. From Killing Eve, which I've never seen. Yes. Oh, you should! It's so good. <laughs> the first series of it, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was the showrunner. All comes back to Phoebe. <laughs> Let's maybe put an asterisk behind her name and return to her in the next section of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I think Jodie Comer could be really, really cool, actually. She is really, she's just like effortlessly cool. And I think she does you have, have range, to. And I think she can definitely be goofy as well. Like, she's incredibly dark in Killing Eve, but you can see that she's got that goofy side as well. You have to hope that Free Guy, the film coming out with Ryan Reynolds as the guy in the video game who doesn't realize he's a video game character, you have to hope that isn't a billion dollar smash hit because if it is, she's going to be into Hollywood <laughs> and lost to us for the next 10 years. Wait, is that her? I think is she... she's into Hollywood anyway. She needs a big uh, canvas to fly she's on. The silver screen. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we lost her before we had her. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I have five names, and none of them were on that list. I want to hear all those five, please. What? Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'll do one. We should get onto the Paddy Power list as well. Mm, Let's hear your list first. Okay. You guys reminded me of this because of Friday Night Dinner, but someone I've seen act comedy, drama, serious for decades never puts a foot wrong. Tamsin Gregg. Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love her so much. Again, from Greenwing. Really, really great in Greenwing. The Doctor Who connection. Worked with a previous master. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes, Doctor Who connection. I absolutely adore Tamsin Greek. Yeah. Well, because Michelle Gomez was on Greenwing. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. She is awesome and she deserves to have a lead in something again. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing at the moment. No. Maybe she's prepping for Doctor Who. Maybe she's got really into <laughs> jogging so she can do all those like running scenes. I've only ever seen her in, in really rather fun, silly stuff. I've seen her in Friday Night Dinner and in uh, Black Books. That's sort of it. In Green Wing, it's interesting. She, she plays the only really straight <laughs> character and everyone else around her is really like batshit crazy. She's like the new like doctor that moves into this hospital. And everyone else. Wait, the just... new what? Sorry, doctor. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> She's been practicing all along, but yeah. So she plays that quite straight in comparison to everyone else. I think still not that sort of somber, but I'm okay. sure she's got it in her. Yeah, that's a freaking great suggestion. Well done, Drew. She has yeah, actually I'm adding her to the list. She has actually been in Doctor Who before. <sighs> what? She was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on. Wait, is she in Shit Bananas? Is she in the episode with? Simon Pegg. Close. Right series. You're doing something with your head. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the, where, what's his face? Adam gets his head implants. Yep. Oh, Adam. Oh. What's that episode called again? I've forgotten that. The Long Game. The Long Game. Yes. But yeah, I, I know her a lot from uh, episodes. We watched all five series of episodes. And in that, she oh, yeah. too was sort of like the um, sensible, grounded, realistic center around which the chaos swirled. And she handled all sorts of twists and turns in that one. With Just ease. looked it up. Guess who was in that episode? Simon freaking Pegg. 
Oh, well, there you go. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Uh, Holy moly. Yeah, you're right. Seriously, bravo. Fantastic name on the list. Okay, who's number two on your list? Okay, well, I I added her to the end. Another name I had, and this is one that has come up before, and I bet is on the Paddy Power list, and Uh is probably, again, out of our league, is, and we mentioned him before, on the 13th Doctor one is, Nick did, I think, Dev Patel. Dev Patel? Dev Patel. He's only 31. Okay. Process that. He's been around forever. (laughs) Yeah, but... Don't you still see him as that scrappy little boy in skins, though? <laughs> like, I always think Never he's younger skins. than he is. N- nor I. What? Uh, oh my god! Also, he, he looks kind of thirty-one, you know. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Don't age the man. He's a he's a young man, young and sexy. I, yeah, no, I think he would be great. Yeah. Dev Patel is in the prime of his life, and absolutely now now is the time for him to take on this role. Yes, absolutely. Also, I have a yeah. theory, which is that when he was filming the personal history of David Copperfield, oh, um, I still haven't seen that with with Capaldi, right? With Capaldi, he sailed over to Capaldi. <gasps> Doctor and was Who like, connection? Yeah. Hey, Peter, what's it what's it like? <laughs> Uh, being Doctor Who, do you think I should go for it? And Peter Capaldi said, well, if you can find a good writer, it's good. And then Armando Yanucci just strolled over and said, hey guys, what are we talking about? And that's when it happened. (laughs) 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 Has he got a credit for comedy stuff, really? Or... Skins. Is it? I know it's light-hearted in places. Like but... a black comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Just the best kind of comedy. Not seen it. Yeah. Well, I mean, David Copperfield is fairly slapstick in places. It's a comedy as well as a lot of other things. Okay. Hmm. And we haven't seen yeah. that. I mean, he's a very capable actor. I would uh, appreciate seeing him. Yeah, he, he's in the best <laughs> exotic marigold hotels as well. They're, yes! they're proper. Oh, that's true. Aren't they? Yes, that that's is true. very genteel comedy. Yeah. And he already knows Judy, so he can get her involved. Yeah, he's oh, got here the we Dench go. connection. <laughs> yeah. Just working out how do we get to Judy Dench. You know, what, She's I, the end game. I couldn't, I couldn't get it into the conversation earlier, but you know, people keep saying how the reboot could possibly be like the Doctor regenerates every episode effectively, and you just have like ten Doctors uh, actors playing the Doctor in the series, or whatever. I would get 100% on board with that if they are all of the ilk of Judy Dench and Helen Mirram. And... Do you want it to just go through the guest in the best exotic yeah, exactly. Marigold Hotel? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually Miriam be Margulies. <laughs> now you're talking. That would, that would be freaking amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do much for Leon's uh, young 14th Doctor pick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so who's next on your list? Well, I mean, we're talking about comedy. If we've had Bradley Walsh and John Bishop's coming next mm. series, surely Harry Hill's the next logical choice. Oh, after no! That. Oh, you did it! Oh, my God. No. That's, please tell me that was only said to get that response from me. That's not a genuine reaction. Like, yeah, that was that was the joke one. Okay, good. Oh, uh, thank goodness. I'm not familiar with Harry Hill. I've just Google image searched him, and just based on the single expression that he, he is... Seemingly capable of emoting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a chance. <laughs> oh, but he's so quirky. Don't we like the doctor when he's quirky? Also, he's definitely not broken America. 
Can you? Can you? Um, I don't know if you have a, a Harry Hill impression to Andrew, but I would like you to do Harry Hill, like telling those aliens to bugger off. For those event. of us who aren't familiar with like, him, Stern Doctor. Stern Doctor. Uh, hey, mm, oh, it's just Matt Smith again. I don't know. It's <laughs> impossible. Okay, you got me there. See, you can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I think he could do it. I think Harry Hill has some acting chops and. He doesn't take it seriously, so it would fit in quite well. <laughs> no, it would be no, a light-hearted lark. <laughs> Maybe it's only a one series of Doctor. That yeah. might that might be enough to make me stop watching just for the <laughs> one it. series that he was in. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you really hate Catherine, Harry Hill. Catherine Tate nearly did it. You know, I didn't watch Ca- the Catherine Tate series the first time around. It took me a while to get back to it. Holy well. moly! Oh wow! Yeah. So what of Harry Hill ought uh, someone who isn't familiar with Harry Hill to watch? Are you going to say nothing? (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I mean... I've never seen Harry Hill in anything. Is there anything that I should just YouTube a clip of? Harry Hill's TV burp, is that the one? Yeah. fuck off. No, I'm Uh, done. uh, Just with a title like that. No, I'm not watching (laughs) that. We're we're starting to take this joke too seriously. Let's (laughs) let's move on. Okay, Okay, who's next on your list? Well, I've only got two names left. Uh, One is Lolly Adafope, and the other is Ruth Wilson, who is part of the BBC fold, and I thought was a name. Looking up both of them. Uh, Lolly Adafope was was in Mission Impossible Fallout, apparently. Was she? Goodness. She would bring a chilled out vibe such as the Doctor's never truly had. Drew, I don't know the first one. What was the name? Lolly Adafope. She's been on Taskmaster. She was in Shrill as the British one. (laughs) And and we enjoyed her in that. Yeah. I don't know. She just sprang to mind. I don't, don't know her recognize her. From, honest, I'm scrolling I, down her IMDb page at the moment. To be honest, I found it really hard to think of names of... What have I seen in the last two years? And we happen to watch a series of Taskmaster, because I don't know who's that's, making what at the moment. That's the thing that's tricky, is you need someone that has been in like British TV, because they're never complete unknowns, but just yeah, someone that's not that doesn't spring right. immediately to mind. They're not that famous. Well, when, okay, so when I said, oh, she was in Mission Impossible Fallout, that's just because that's what IMDb says. Like, oh, she's known for Mission Impossible Fallout, in which <laughs> yeah. she played woman at desk. But she was also... <laughs> I mean, she was in 17 episodes of Miracle Workers, 22 episodes of Shrill, 7 episodes of This Time with Alan Partridge, 19 episodes of Ghosts. Uh, Ghosts is big right now. Ghosts is having a wave. So definitely established, very established, and Mm. perhaps also fits that bill of like, tried it in Hollywood, maybe wasn't quite as successful as she set out to be because she played woman at desk and there aren't any other... Tom Cruise vehicles on her list. Spy who dumped me. <laughs> yes, yeah, also. <laughs> yes. And, but, and she, the really great thing about her, Leon, is that she would be uh, the first black female doctor. <laughs> Ruth oh, Martin? Exactly, yeah. So at Podcast Land, we had this conversation before we pressed record because that website <laughs> no, that I Joe was reading Martin. names of. Joe Martin. Joe Martin, yeah. Joe Martin, the Ruth yeah. doctor. <laughs> the... <laughs> 
that same website for Michaela Cole said, oh, and she will be the first female black doctor. Like, no, we had an absolutely fantastic doctor in, in Ruth, who, by the way, JD mentioned apparently is rumored might come back. Yes, yes, I read oh, that as well. As the 14th doctor. That's really yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. is that? Oh, I yeah, can't so, see that happening. Well, what he was saying was the rumor was actually she's the 14th doctor. She's not a prior incarnation, according mm. to the Timeless Child or whatever that weird subplot was called. And so she would come back, as in like we would get to see Jodie Whittaker regenerate into her. And that would be just such an, an incredible cliffhanger and surprise moment. Because it makes super duper sense because she has the TARDIS, like the TARDIS that's a police box. And if she was a previous <gasps> Doctor, why would she have that box? Because we saw Hartnell steal that box. So it doesn't make sense unless she's a later Doctor. How did I not think about that at the time? You're so right. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what happened is she stole it. There were loads of M- Mobius, Morbius, I don't know, Doctors after her. They mind wiped the doctor with the uh, Irish policeman shtick. I don't know. And then Hartnell just found himself drawn to this TARDIS. There was some silent echo in his head that uh, said, you and this thing go together. You should probably steal it. And so that's what It wasn't silent. But she had a TARDIS. No, Marie's right. Of course. Very true. But Marie is right. Like pre-Hartnell, there was no TARDIS. So why did she bury a TARDIS in her garden or wherever it was? Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm suddenly I'm like super duper excited over here. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, something's an elaborate ruse. Yeah, definitely. Yes. But anyway, getting getting back on track. Lolly Adafopi, she would make a good doctor? Well, she's just super, super chill. And I think that would translate into quite cool. And Hmm. the doctor can be easygoing for a while. And then she can ramp it up if she wants. Um, Yeah, I could see it happening. Nice. Yeah. Whereas Ruth Wilson could be super intense from the get-go. Holy smokes. Oh yeah, God, Ruth yes. Wilson, who was on Luther. I mean, she was mm. she was like the master on Luther. Uh-huh. And um, His Dark Materials as well. She's really good in that. Ah, I've not seen that yet. That's really good. Oh, my good. God, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, so good. All the stuff I said earlier about the Doctor needs to be, like, smiling and all, all this kind of crap. <laughs> no, throw it out the window. Ruth Wilson being intense. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would be phenomenal. Oh, nice. This list of names is getting pretty dang solid. <laughs> These are some very good nominees. Well done. Thanks. Well, I'm out. So where do we go from here? Marie, you had some, correct? I have like one and a half. Oh, so okay. It's the half so. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> it's two, like it is two names, but I just, I would prefer one, I think, over the other. But anyway, so I was trying to think of, like, again, like British TV shows that we've seen lately that have been really, really cool, but maybe not as like high profile as some others. So the stars in them aren't super, super famous yet, um, but they're really good. And I don't know if you've seen a show called End of the Fucking World. Oh, I've heard that's good. Ooh, yeah, it's it in its second season or something. Phenomenal. Like, it's so, so, so good. I absolutely adore it. And the mm-hmm. woman who's in the show, so in the show, she's playing like a 16 year old, like they're in high school, basically. And I thought, of her and I was like oh she's way too young to play Doctor Who and then I looked her up and the actress is actually 29 oh. so I was like fuck yes she can do this <laughs> and she's just she's incredibly cool she's northern which does count in her favour um, <laughs> but she's like 
like she's really really it's a really dark dark comedy so she does the really like serious stuff and the thing i really really loved about her is she's teeny teeny tiny like this is really really like petite little frame so she can get away with playing a 16 year old but she still has like this power like in her and i thought it was really interesting to have someone be a really play a really strong character with all this presence without having to rely on a physical presence if you can just get that through with someone with like a really like tiny petite frame who looks really so is this jessica barden it is Jessica Varden, yes. I okay. just I Sorry, absolutely I love her. I think she's fantastic. So she's my number one. Like I just wanted to Ooh. Her. Oh, she like, was in the lobster as well. Yes, and also Hannah, uh, which I didn't see, but she oh, was a leading, yeah. I think. So yeah, I see, well, I mean, I see, oh yeah, as in I see her on the list, she's but got I got some I, acting I... chops. Yeah. Um hmm. and she, yeah, cool. so she's oh she's definitely older than she looks, I think. Penny Dreadful with Rose. With Billy Piper. Yes, exactly, yeah. Doctor Who Connection! <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> <Let's get there. laughs> the seven degrees of Doctor Who! <laughs> the two degrees of well, Doctor Who! I mean, basically, if you're a British yeah. actor, you have a connection. <laughs> Uh, oh, holy um, smoke. So she's a Coronation Street uh, star. She was on 72 episodes of Coronation Street. Oh, really? Mm. That's nothing. That's a a, Oh, that's true. You're so right. Yeah, that's like an <laughs> afternoon. Uh, she was a <laughs> Kaylee Morton. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure she was great. Um, yeah, so that brings me <laughs> my second. My second. I do, that makes me judge you a little bit. But no, all, all like northern actresses start out on Coronation Street. Yes. It's just well, the right of passage. Jenna Coleman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Jenna yeah, Coleman's yeah. Oh, so, really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on Emmerdale. Um, right, I'll watch that next. No, <laughs> all of it. All of Emmerdale. From 1972. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Watching a show that started in 1963 at the moment. <laughs> Don't forget the Dingles direct-to-video spin-offs. Oh, no. The Dingles. It's really good yeah. when that plane crashes on the phone. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's some meat. No, the Dingles were in mm. Venice. You know, don't look now. The Dingles in Venice. Don't watch oh, now. The they, Dingles in Venice. They didn't. Oh, we talked about this recently. Yeah, yeah, we talked. Oh yeah. <laughs> blew Marie's mind to the point where she can't remember it. It did. If it, if you've already told me this, it blew my mind so much that it pushed it right out because I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so who's next on your list, Marie? So my second on the list is from the same show, but from series two of the I show. I just closed the tab. She... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All right, get it back up. It's all right. Reopen. I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm on that. There we go. There we is go. Is it Alex uh, Lawther? No, it is not. No, sorry, go for it. Na- sorry, Naomi sorry. Aki. Who plays Bonnie? She, who plays Bonnie? Who Bonnie? <laughs> I would like to inform you is an absolute stone cold psychopath. Like she is so oh, terrifying, <laughs> and just oh my god, she is something else. And I just is she more psychopath than Jodie Comer is in Killing Eve? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like I feel like I can picture like if if you're not on Jodie Comer's hit list, then she's ch- pretty chill with you. I feel like Naomi Aki just wants to like kill everyone around her. <laughs> she's just like, terrifying. <laughs> but again, I really like that really like stone cold, like serious, really dark side i think i would be uh, like a dark doctor next um, she's also been on doctor who uh, yes uh, <laughs> yes this is why i brought her up because she has a doctor uh-huh. who connection because so many doctors have already previously starred on doctor who um, but she True. had the teeniest teeniest tiniest role and it's something like 
she was someone's mum on Face the Raven. And I've done a Google image search uh, and I can't find a photo of her in this show. So I think it was just a, a really like blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. But I don't know, maybe she got re- on really well with like some of the crew. <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, yeah, come in. We're doing auditions next week. Come in, you know, it'd be great. Um, so yeah, so she's my number two. Nice. Oh, she was in uh, Star Wars episode nine. Oh, so was everyone. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I've stopped mentioning that when I look and I up cast. I haven't seen this yet, but we really should. The Small Axe series, did you watch? Uh, no, I haven't watched it. Uh, I should say yes. Only... I, I, I am quite curious. It literally just popped up on IDB, so I can't take any credit for that knowledge. But yeah, we should watch her in that. Fuck, I've just realized mm. who she is in Star Wars Episode Nine. She's actually quite a key character. <gasps> oh, shit, Isn't she, she is. The, the one that everyone speculated that she might be the daughter of, um, uh, what's his name? Yoda? No. <laughs> C-3PO. <laughs> no, what's his name? Oh, Dagnabbit. The Emperor. No. J.J. Abrams. Billy Dee Williams' character. Oh, Lando. 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 Lando Calrissian, yes. Mm. But who then ends up being kind of like a, an insinuated love interest. Yeah, she's brought in as a, a weird, yeah. She rides horses. There she's a really cool character, but she doesn't, her, like, the character's probably not necessary and, and she doesn't get enough screen time to develop properly. But what she does with it is brilliant. I think she's very likable. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, so I'm I'm going, beh- I'm going behind her as well, um, <laughs> because I would also I would also really like another. I know we've already had one black female doctor, but it was only a brief cameo, so it'd be nice to have a a full on one. Well, we'll see Either what happens to Joe Martin though. Well, exactly. Yeah, I know. Now now we've talked about that again. I don't know if I'm just behind that idea and just just bring her back because so she cool, was brilliant. Though. Wouldn't that be it cool? Would be cool. Yeah. Oh, I am a million percent on board for Joe Martin coming back. I'm not sure if I'm entirely on board of her being the 14th Doctor. I just don't know if that feels like a bit of a twist on a twist and just a bit too much. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Are you saying you'd like this whole thing to be very self-contained and then we can actually move on to something entirely different with the reboot? Let's never speak of the Timeless Child again. <laughs> no, I would I would love more Timeless Child stuff, but I feel like she needs How to stay you? as a past Doctor, <laughs> not as a future one. Otherwise, yeah. it feels right. like they've, they have thrown the Timeless Child thing out the window a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Year of the Gas Leak, but it, sure, yes. However, Marie, you have opened my eyes to that freaking subterranean TARDIS. Uh, I that makes no sense unless <laughs> dot dot dot. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm now looking at the list from Paddy Power. I've haven't <laughs> seen Paddy Power in anything. Who's he? <laughs> Established <laughs> bookies. Drew, another, very, Drew, very I know long that list. you're I know that you're joking, but I actually thought it was just a guy <laughs> that I'd never heard of. The first time Liam said Paddy Power, I was like, oh, he sounds like an interesting actor. I, oh, look yes. I, re- I remember he did a double hander with William Hill. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so I'll rattle off these names. In fact, I'm not going to go through the whole list because it's a massive list. But uh, so here we go. We have Ollie Alexander, Chris Marshall. He's the the awkward dude from Love Actually. He, yeah. he has a procedural gets, detective show. Something Death in Paradise. Paradise. He gets thrown Death around Paradise. all the time, and I don't I don't see it. Yeah, his yeah. name is purely, his name is purely added to the bookies list because there's no way it's ever going to happen. But because people have heard it bandied about before, they will put money on it and lose that oh. money to the bookies, laughing all the way to themselves because they've already got <laughs> the money. <laughs> <laughs> to give it back. 
the list goes on. Lenny Henry. <laughs> what? We had him. Yeah, oh, I mean, he's, he was no. on Doctor Who very recently. Very yeah, recently. I don't remember enjoying that particularly. <laughs> okay. Spyfall. Uh, exactly, yeah. Michaela Cole. Next up, is everyone holding on to their pacemaker? Next up, Paul McGann. <laughs> what? No! What? <laughs> what? I mean, no, don't... actually, I'd, I'd be quite interested in that. <laughs> I, I I don't want Paul McGann to be the 14th Doctor. I do, however, want a spin-off 8th Doctor TV show. I would just... It, yeah. Just a, another series of Doctor Who that just runs in parallel and has got Paul McGann, and he's just absolutely badass. Oh, so good. That would be really oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm so aroused right now. It's so good. All right. Have him go yeah, around I've, with Sheridan Smith. Was, just do the whole Lucy Miller Yes, thing. exactly. Exactly. Oof. Yeah. Oof, my oof. Steal your phrase for a minute, Leon, and just say, I've you know, got something in my trousers <laughs> happening uh, with that thought. <laughs> Next on the list, Kelly McDonald. She was in Train Spotting. I think yes. Train Spotting oh. was. That yes. was her first role. She, she was, was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. She was great in that. Oh, she sorry. was the only other name that I saw that that made me prick up my ears and, and be a bit interested. I feel like she would be really, really cool as well. I think so too. She's yeah. shown tremendous range. Holy smokes. Mm. Uh, in Boardwalk Empire, she's all over the place. She's incredibly good. Uh, David Harewood. Not sure who that is. We mentioned David Harewood um, last time, I Did believe. We? Yes, oh, I've just Googled him. David Howard, uh, Supergirl, Homeland, The Night Manager. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know him from Homeland, and I would have seen him in The Night Manager. I think I rec- I would have seen him in, in The Night Manager, certainly. I've, I, I recognize him-ish. I remember him as a resolute jawline more than anything. <laughs> okay. You know, he's, he's quite good at nodding his head, and then you think, yeah, that'll probably get done. Can I just tell you that we, me and Jim didn't know who David Harewood was and we tried to Google him and felt it wrong and actually came up with David Harwood, who was just this like, like insanely muscular guy in like teeny tiny pants. Uh, hang on, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, Drew, oh, you want yeah, oh, right. to hit gotcha, I gotcha. So, <laughs> if you do a Google, a Google image search for David Harwood... Most of the pictures are of David Harewood, except for the third one down the line, which is of not of David Harewood. <laughs> he looks like a, a wrestler with uh, weird facial hair. Yeah, David Harewood yeah. is also a, a, a hangover from previous lists, and mm. he's also been in Doctor Who as a villain before. And I feel like if you've been a villain on the show, you're probably not going to come back as the Doctor. I was thinking he had been on it before. Yeah, he was in The End of Times. Okay, I'll rattle off names. Call out stop if you want to say something about this person. Matt Berry. Mark. <laughs> what? No, no, not that. Not Matt Berry. That's ridiculous. Okay, next up. <laughs> next I'm up. the doctor. <laughs> Mark Gatiss. No. No. <laughs> He's been everyone else. Ridiculous. <laughs> Give yeah, someone if, in the Doctor Who universe a chance to not be Mark Gatiss. If the Doctor right. is going to regenerate into the form of someone they've encountered in the past, then surely it makes statistical sense that they would regenerate <laughs> into Mark Gatiss. Um, but yeah, th- this is not a circle jerk anymore, though, if he gets cast. That's just everyone wanking off Mark That's Gatiss. just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know why I said that. Mark Gatiss seems like a lovely man. The thing, um, thing is, he won't possibly do it because I think 
he'd want to do everything and nobody can do everything. He can't show, run, write and be the doctor. That's mm. true. I yeah, think he's I quite know happy the fact with that his name done. is showing up on the showrunner list as well. Right. Um, well, of course. All right. It, moving on. Maxine Peak, huh? Tilda yeah. Swinton. Too famous. Richard Rankin. Idris Elba. Ben ah, Whishaw. Let, dude, oh, you and I have seen an Idris Elba film earlier this week. With Capaldi. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Doctor Who Connection. That's right. <laughs> and he killed liberally oh, in that film. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The Suicide Squad. But he is legit A-lister at this point. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, he's way bigger than Doctor Who. Yeah. He's the biggest name we've mentioned so far, I think. Uh, I wonder if he's too cool as well. Not Harrison Ford. Idris Elba is one of the biggest film stars on the planet now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Idris Elba keeps being bandied around as the next Bond. I would love to see him as the next Bond. Like, like, just maybe twist and turn that table a little bit. Would you like to see Daniel Craig as the next Doctor? No, exactly. So Idris Elba doesn't quite fit the bill. Like, he's Bond material, not Doctor material. Like, he's basically too badass. Uh, James Norton, no idea. Ben Whishaw, also Bond. Rory Kinnear, also Bond. Olivia Colman, Natalie Dormer, Maisie Williams. Oh, yada, yada, yada. Long list. Super duper crazy long list. Robert Carlyle is on this list. Oh, really? What? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I He's would pay money to see that, but... <laughs> Anyone want to see Helena Bonham Carter as the Doctor? 66 Absolutely to 1. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Catherine Tate, also 66 to 1. 100%. Um, <laughs> we've already had the Donna. Take my Doctor. money. <laughs> okay, okay. No, that was right. the Doctor Donna. Now we're going to flip it around. Oh. <laughs> Alan Davies, 80 to 1. No. Oh, that's no. where he belongs. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I haven't seen much of Jonathan Creek, to be fair. I really en- Creek- I've only seen the first few seasons. I, I really enjoyed it. It is brilliant, but it, it, it had its place. But yeah, I think it's mainly brilliant for Caroline Quinton as well. She'd be a great doctor. Who? Sorry? Caroline Quinton was his like sidekick. Um, she's also in Men Behaving Badly. Yeah. She like she's fantastic. I would love to see her in more stuff, but I think she just runs yeah, a farm she's now good. or something. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. She, she's that's, retired that's a from solid acting. lifestyle choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she's very, she's very like, nice. I feel like Alan Davis is always narrowing his eyes. I'm not sure I could take three years of the Doctor just squinting his way through a problem. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm going to name three more names off this list just to get your reaction. And then I think let's maybe either pick one or move on to showrunner and leave it a mystery. Name number one of three, Russell Brand. No. 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 Name number two. (laughs) This is kind of the reaction I was hoping for. 80 to one, dude. 80 to one. Um, (laughs) Name number two, Alan Carr. Alan Carr. You know Alan. He's that. He always talks like that all the time. The Matt Smith impression incarnate. Oh my God. (laughs) It is your Matt Smith impression. Well done. Chance to be a fine thing. (laughs) Who knew? Love him. I do. I love Alan Carr. Like, Alan Carr has a very special place in my heart, but not yeah. as the Doctor, unfortunately. Yeah, no, he's got exactly. a very special place on the radio, but not in front of the camera. <laughs> oh, that's so mean, Drew. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a beautiful face for television. Don't listen, Alan. Okay, name number three, name number last, Stephen Fry. Been in Spyfall, not going to happen. But also, Lazy not- Paddy Power. 
not active <laughs> enough. It's not going to run away. Like, all the running. Oh, didn't we run? Like, sorry, Stephen, but it's not It's not happening, is it? Yeah, but it does Does the next Doctor need to be all <laughs> runny? I'd like to see him do <laughs> more would, than shuffle. It would change, but it would change the show was not quite a, a running lot. Doctor. No, sorry, Marie? It, I was saying, all, but all the new Doctors have been, and it would change the show quite a lot. To have That's someone true. that wasn't as like active and energetic as the previous ones have been. Yeah, I don't mind the, the show first, changing. The, no, but like the first episode of the like New Who, it was kicked off by like him grabbing Rosa's hand and just like dragging and like running through the streets of London. Run. And it's Rosa's like, exactly. first word, isn't it? Yeah, it, that that's like the impetus behind it at the minute, and it would be a very drastic change to have a very like that's true doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Do you guys uh, now have? a favorite in mind who have we got on the list i mean aside from all the bookie names we have uh, super duper quickly ollie alexander phoebe waller bridge michaela cole richard ayuardi tom rosenthal jodie coma tamsin greig dev patel harry hill lolly adafopi ruth wilson jessica barden naomi aki and joe martin anyone stand out as stand out so my I was I came in here with my mind made up and I want Jessica Barden <laughs> and I'm going to start a campaign to get her because I don't think they've hired anyone yet. It's two years away. And if we start making okay. noise now, we can make it happen. Um, but a close <laughs> second. <laughs> uh-huh. I, re- I really liked the Dev Patel suggestion. I hadn't thought of him and I think he would be really interesting as well. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim? I don't know if I have like uh, strong preferences actually, but I really want it to be a female doctor again. I feel like they should carry on in this vein, otherwise it feels like a step backwards. So I don't know, yeah, Jessica Barden, I can imagine doing it as well. Ruth Wilson, I think, is fantastic. I yeah, I would love to see yeah, her yeah, yeah. in some form. She could be an awesome master as well. But yeah, yeah, she can go. She can go as my first choice. Yeah. Drew? I mean, I hesitate to say, because Marie just just zoomed past him with such derision. <laughs> I feel like Tom Rosenthal wasn't given a fair shake. Um, but I, he's probably not Dr. Material, but I mean, why not? I, he isn't actually either of my first or second choices. Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to commit. Drew, I've, I'm really sorry. I've already forgotten who he is. Remind me who Tom Rosenthal is. <laughs> <laughs> he's night either piss face or pus face. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've already said no, that. Drew. Okay. <laughs> Marie, in That's this why. series, he wouldn't have a brother who he was constantly <laughs> pranking. It would be different. Okay. Mm. But yeah, I, I hear what Jim's saying. I, I've definitely felt that way before Jodie came along and I put it down in writing and I'm not saying that I've changed now in terms of should we have a woman or an, a second woman or not to really stick it to the, the regressives. But at the same time, it takes so blooming long <laughs> for Doctor Who to get made that we are talking about a, a, an appointment for the next five or six years, which just, it just brings too much weight onto the casting of the next Doctor in general. I'm not arguing against a woman. I'm arguing against slow production schedules. Whatever. <laughs> they don't really seem to be the same thing, Drew. <laughs> no, it's just the sheer time lag. It, I don't know. Um, Does I'm that not- matter, though? Because you're going to have to wait exactly as long, regardless of whom they cast. Yeah. I'll have a woman if you give it to me today. But if I have to wait two <laughs> years for a woman, my goodness, <laughs> I'll be bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. That isn't what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. 
I'm saying Good. what I would rather have had is either six years of Jody and six series. That would have been good. Six well-written series. Six years. Look, we're always saying, oh, the Doctor does three years and out. Why don't they do something really big and ambitious and we can have a new Who equivalent to Tom Baker? We never get one. And as the series get more and more spaced out, the likelihood of that ever happening, of someone being a signature Doctor and that defines their career, just, you know, the the uh, likelihood just recedes. What I mean is I'm fine with there being two female Doctors in a row. The fact that it would take 11 years in total, perhaps... It's a shame. Oh no, but because, that's not because we've only had 50 plus years of male doctors. Oh no, I've got to wait 11 <laughs> more for the next man. What? That's very true. What Basically, there are lots of people who want representing, right? And there are more different types of people who want representing all the time. And Doctor Who is slowing down. But half of those people down. are women. Yeah, but, well, I mean, there are also, you know, different gender trans subgroups, you know, plenty of people who want to tilt at the Doctor. And it's just slowing down to the point where people want it to be the next one. We want it because if we don't get that one, then we have to wait, I don't know how long, and the conversation is just glacial. From the other side of things. By the way, I haven't mentioned my favourites from this list yet, but there's also the conversation from the other side of it, which I think is what you were getting at, Jim, that if we we just go with someone who's a Matt Smith clone or a David Tennant clone, then there's... It is a step back in the sense that th- th- there's certainly going to be a, l- a lot of people in the audience who are all these regressives, as you said, Drew, like all these hats who are going to use it as an argument against any kind of diverse casting in the future. They're going to go, oh, well, the BBC learned their lesson, can't go with a yes, woman. Uh, absolutely. I'm also not saying that that's the reason to cast a woman or cast someone who isn't a Matt Smith clone now, but I think it's someone something to bear in mind because unfortunately that's a huge not a huge it's it's a you know what it's a huge minority among the the audience like it's a it's a significant minority among the it's the people watching this. It's a vocal minority. Exactly. Do you uh, mean the arsats are a vocal minority? The arsats, yeah. yes, absolutely. Right, right, right. And to a degree, they need to be put in their place, and also to a degree, they need to be shown that no as marie said like there were 50 years like you had your chance maybe like try something give it give it more than just one term and then we'll figure it out whatever we'll we'll make it meritocratic not gender-based and i think especially because like we obviously we haven't got to the jodie whittaker years yet and Mm. i'm sure that we will i'm sure that our views will change on like second viewing and deeper viewings but generally speaking none of us have none of us have been that happy with the direction of the show and i do not blame her at all i blame the showrunner basically and i don't i just don't think it was handled very well and so i don't want that era of there was a female doctor and it was shit to be the lasting memory for people. I want there to be a different, a better showrunner and a female doctor and them to be saying, this is what we can do. Like a female doctor can be as good as Capaldi or Matt Smith or whoever your favourite doctor happens to be. Yeah. And I just, and nothing against Jodie Whittaker. I think I personally really like her and I will defend her to the hilt when we come to it, but I I don't think she's going to be many people's favourite doctor, unfortunately. I think you're probably right about that. I look forward to hopefully changing my mind about her, but I mean, at the moment, I 
I'm not a huge fan of hers at all. <laughs> but that has yeah. nothing to do with her being a female doctor at all. And I think for the people who are not asshats, this, uh, the casting of Jodie Whittaker and the last, is it, is it three years actually? Is it three years? Or will she have been the doctor for four years? Is that how it? I think she hasn't had that many episodes. in 2017. Okay. All right. Oh, holy smokes. All right. So she'll, she'll have had a good number of years, just not a good number of episodes, unfortunately. Yeah. There hasn't been yeah. much who. Right. But By the end of a... her run, she will have been the longest running New Who Doctor, but with the second Fewest. shortest Fewest. Uh, number of episodes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Partly yeah. that was because there was a global pandemic and nothing got filmed that year. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's that's mm, incredibly yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, that but is she true. also yeah. could continue at this point and she has chosen not to. Uh, possibly also because of like a fear of typecasting. But what I was going to say um, was like for a huge portion of... Appa- well, apparently I, I read um, that she and Chibnall made an agreement when they signed on to say they would do three seasons and then go. And that was always the agreement. And they these three specials were like an extra, I think. I think that's super weird oh, right. for a showrunner. I think for an actor, it's very common to say, yeah, I'll do three seasons of a show where my character does regenerate. <laughs> Like where on average people do three seasons, but for a showrunner to a priori say, I'm going to leave after three seasons, that's incredibly uncharacteristic. And I, I have a feeling that that might be an, a post hoc construction of his. Because like, oh, you think? surely most people who go in to be a showrunner, the dream is like, I'm going to do this for 12 years and then I'm just going to retire because that's a masterpiece. Well, and yeah, but yeah. unfortunately he kind of failed. You say that, but he will have seen both RTD and Stephen Moffat. You know, he was with both of them for years on the writing stuff. He was submitting in multiple different series and he will have seen how their initial enthusiasm waned waned, and the, the role began to age them. And I think Moffat, I don't know if he was always going to do series 10, but I get the feeling the BBC, I have a vague sense the BBC pleaded with him and he was like, okay, I'll do one more because I can't think of who I'm going to pass it on to. But he really wanted to do his critically acclaimed Dracula series, Drew. It's like a relay race in my... How you just described it, Drew. You've got to have someone ready to like pass the baton. He did. Maybe the, he did have someone ready, and we really? will get to that in the next section. But there was, and we've talked about this on Who Back When as well. And I'd completely forgotten about this until I found his name on the list. Like, oh shit, that's right. But we'll get to that. Just to say, I think the casting of Jodie Whittaker. Just to finish that thought from like seven hundred hours ago. I think for a huge portion of podcast of of the audience, the people who are not asshats who are going to make that argument of yeah, the BBC uh, finally learned their lesson and aren't going to cast another woman in the role that is destined to be played by a man. It's utter bullshit. I think for the, the casting of Jodie Whittaker has, in fact, had a positive effect in the sense that I'm aware there are plenty of genders not yet represented in this role, but certainly among these two rather prevalent ones, people aren't necessarily considering gender anymore. Like We, we have a list here. The Bookies has a list here. This website, whatever random website that I've found, has a list. Like The four of us have discussed a whole bunch of names and like at no point have we necessarily gone like oh well let's tick this box or whatever because that that isn't a thing anymore like we it, mm. finally for anyone who was on the fence and i don't think that any one of us was ever on the fence about this but for the people who were on the fence finally it's been clarified to them that this character is a fucking alien and it doesn't matter who plays them <laughs> like 
cast anyone and make it meritocratic. If it's a good actor, great, done. If it's a bad actor, that's probably a bad choice, but that's not going to be based on on their gender or or gender identification, you know? So, yeah, mm. I think in that sense, it's it's actually been kind of a wake-up call to a lot of people. Absolutely. Here is your friend who agrees with you. <laughs> Bingo. Thank you. Ka-ching. All right, here are, here are my choices off the list that we've rattled off here, or rather the list that you guys have rattled off because I hadn't considered these names. Uh... I think if I have to choose off this list, my number one is actually Ruth Wilson because hey. she's freaking crazy badass. And my number two is probably Deb Patel. Feeling pretty good about my suggestions. Yeah, nice. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Slash I'm not 100% suggestion. sure about Tom Rosenthal. I feel like maybe he's... <laughs> <laughs> he probably would do a good job, but... Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah, do it, Leon. Totally sure. No, no I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Shall we move on to showrunners? Wait, Drew didn't do his favourites. I'm not gonna. I, I don't think it makes gonna. a difference. You can't choose. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You're just yeah. a crap I, I'm, I'm, No, wait. Look I, at you. I, jumping on mine just, and Jim's first and I know. It's jumping on that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell a successful hashtag when I see one. <laughs> I know. 100%. But it's going to be Jessica Barden and you're all going to regret not jumping on that bandwagon. So. <laughs> Yeah. And that is why Chibnall announced it so far in advance, so that they could save on doing any market research. And the most strident <laughs> Twitter hashtag campaign would be the one that did the casting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. No, wait, 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 wait. I want to try to summarize what I said earlier in a way that doesn't make me look terrible or sound stupid. I don't think you did, by the way, but feel free. Yeah, I, I fully appreciate what Marie reminded me of. The pandemic was a major break on everything. Mm. I just like there to be less riding on each iteration of the Doctor. Who gets cast? I would like us to be talking about it for less of the time. I'd like to spend more time talking about, hey, how great was that millionth series of the show we just watched? <laughs> you know, another another classic from the BBC. That That's what I want. I, I want this... <laughs> this episode that we're in the process of producing to be a smaller part of our experience of Doctor Who is what I'm saying. And for everyone to get just yeah. less worked up about, oh, is it that? Oh, well, if it's that, then they're happy and we've got to stick it to them. Or, oh, if it's them, then they're woke and fuck them. And it's just like, guys, calm oh. down. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I mean. I think I think there'll always be an element of that because it is really exciting. But I just think, I'd, yeah, I'd, I think that... Whitaker's exit is so drawn out to, th to know that it's two years away and we're talking about this now we're going to continue talking about this the bookies are still going to have lists of and there's going to be new names added to it and it's going to be a two-year conversation and at the end of the day it'll be someone that none of us have thought of because it always is <laughs> so all of this is a massive waste of time <laughs> The book is also, there's so much time for them to just harvest money yeah. off suckers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what that means is we've got to act our asses off in our next two original adventures and put ourselves front and centre in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so shall we move on to showrunners? Oh, you're saying you'd rather be the showrunner? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, A, a hundred million percent. And B, I would fail miserably. But yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? BBC, call me. I could be the, the Mark Gatiss to your Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Hired. So the... <laughs> 
<laughs> Can I be everyone? <laughs> <laughs> and the room at hey, Next Doctor c- after that. <laughs> cuts down on casting uh, costs anyway. Mm. Yeah, I'm already saving you money. So with that in mind, I'm approaching this list in no particular order, but from a very particular place. One rumoured potential next showrunner is Mark Gatiss. Well, obviously. <laughs> he is in many ways one of the many Mr. Doctor Whos. He's entrenched in this production team. He's been involved in so many aspects of it. Production, writing, acting <laughs> from everywhere, every angle. Yeah, he wrote an adventure in space and time. Yes, and appeared in it. Yeah, the No, man- wait, did he? Oh, maybe not. I, I think as a voice over oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But the man lives and breathes Doctor Who. Absolutely. And darkness and sci-fi and fantasy and weird characters. He's also been collaborating with uh, the Moth for since forever mm. uh, on Doctor Who and Sherlock and Dracula, who we mentioned before. He's been in the presence of the Moth for a long time. So even if he didn't have the boundless talent that he clearly has, some of Moths would have rubbed off on him. And also some of his talents. <laughs> Sorry. So that's Mark Gatiss. He's, he's, uh, he's a chap. Sorry? Do we not feel like he's, um, he's stepped back from that now? Like the Chibnall era kind of wiped the slate clean of the Moffat mm. Gatiss circle jerk, did it not? Yes. Okay, how about this as a potential counter-argument? The BBC realises that, you know what? Chibbers didn't really work out, and a lot of the fan base revolted against the new direction that he chose for one of their prize intellectual properties. Maybe what we need is we need to bring someone from historical New Who back to course correct, to bring this back on the traje- trajectory that it was on before Chibbers appeared on the scene. I don't think that's going to excite anyone. No, and also yeah, over I agree. the course of Moffat's run, they lost a shit ton of ratings. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people okay. left the show. A lot of people I have talked to about. Oh, I have a writing group. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, should I present my Doctor Who script to you this week? And they're like, Oh yeah, we used to love Doctor Who. We we uh, fell out of love with it during Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi or when there was the latest Mary Sue companion that we got sick of. So. <laughs> They're not going to win yeah. them back if they go with Mark Gatiss. Mm. That, that's true. And I, I like everything that I've been reading recently is like, how can we like rejuvenate and refresh Doctor Who? And it's talking about like new things we could do with it. It's not going back to, oh, this was the heyday. Let's just recreate the old stuff. Yeah, RTD, yeah, yeah, that's Moffat and Chibnall are all of the same sort of generation, aren't they? We need mm. someone younger by ten young, or twenty young years. Blood. Yes, need a uh, millennial. I have a list of two names for this form uh, of my own. Hey, you're a millennial, what? Leon, and so is Drew, I believe. Are those so are all names? of us, I think. <laughs> and like, Jim. Technically, technically, not not in terms of like, <laughs> not one of us is constantly TikToking and uh, <laughs> whatever else uh, millennials do. We're not we're not always grinding on TikTok. So the. Uh, <laughs> I have two names on my list, and one of them is young and and would rejuvenate the franchise, and the other one is a veteran of the industry and would also 
in a sense, not rejuvenate, but certainly uh, bring a new voice, a new new vision to the the uh, the industry. They uh, they are J. Michael Straczynski, who was the showrunner for. Uh, I I know him as the showrunner of Babylon Five. He was the showrunner for <laughs> okay. uh, and the creator of. Uh, uh, hang on, wait, wait, wait. So he was the, the showrunner and creator of. Yes. So oh, he's not old, old. He is he is a veteran of the industry in the sense that he is incredibly experienced, incredibly mm. experienced. He's done a shit ton of stuff. Uh, Sense Eight is one of the latest super successes, mm. and he knows how to run a show. And mm. and this is the main reason he popped up on my radar for this. He tweeted, and this turned into a whole dialogue. He tweeted. Uh, I'm paraphrasing now because I, I I tried to find the tweet and I couldn't find it. He tweeted something along the lines of, uh, "My agent wants me." To to, wants to put me forward as the new showrunner for Doctor Who, but I'm having some trouble navigating whom at the BBC to talk to, and I want to get around this and do this quicker than my agent. So can someone <laughs> put me in touch? And like a bajillion oh. people liked it. Uh, and like he's really put himself forward for this. And I know for a I fact that other podcasts that have also tweet. talked about him. There you go. There you go. I yeah. Had, I, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so he desperately wants the job, but will he get yeah. it? Who's who's he up against? He wants the job. He he really like he's passionate about it. And I'm basing this solely on Babylon 5 and like his work with Babylon 5. And I love Babylon 5. Holy smokes that I love Babylon 5. But he would be incredibly good at world building for that. Mm. You know, like it, all of a sudden, yeah. I, I can see how he would add something to this where you get a sense of the Dalek world and the Cyberman world more than just the stereotypical, all of the, like the, the silhouettes of these species that we have at the moment. Like you would get a sense of the broader universe if he brought, was brought around, uh, around. That would be but, really cool because. Because I have a note where I say, for the next Doctor, I want to see stuff that's way more alien to our eyes than the thinly veiled bazaars and the religious space cults Mm. that we get over and over and over and over again. Build a full universe out there. Yeah. He would be, I think, spectacular at that. I don't know if he's being considered for it, but he threw his hat into the ring. I know a lot of people have mentioned him, probably because of his, his tweets about this. But yeah, I mean, it seems as though his agent wants to put him forward for this as well. So yeah, uh, nominee. The other name on my list is, okay, so to be fair, I had to look up her name, but basing this solely on, and I know that at least uh, at least one of us, Jim, <laughs> you and I have had a conversation about this off who back when, as Kate Heron, who was the directorial lead on Loki, because so many, um... so many people just watched Loki and went, this is like one of my favorite seasons of Doctor Who of late. Like, it, it was so good. Loki was such <laughs> a good doctor Uh, and Kate Heron was I don't know if she qualifies as showrunner but she was the directorial lead she directed the whole of season one I I think that qualifies her as showrunner she can deal with time travel she can give it some pizzazz and some zing and some zang and some bading bading and it's freaking crazy awesome and even though I believe Kate Heron I believe she's American she has directed a largely British cast uh, would probably be familiar with some of those sensibilities whilst adding some of the American Marvel Hollywood oomph that perhaps Chibbers was aiming for and kind of missed. There you go. Those are my two names. There are other names on this list that I had not considered. No comments? Great, I'll carry on. Sorry, <laughs> no, I've no never comments. heard of either of them, really. But have you watched Loki? No. Has anyone here watched Loki? Yes, I've watched all of Loki. I do there not- you go. 
get the Doctor Who references, I must admit. I feel like it is what? a good science fiction show which pulls on tropes as much as every other science fiction show, and I don't see direct parallels to Doctor Who. There's time travel. <laughs> he is a practically all-knowing, a wise-cracking genius, traveling through time, solving problems, <laughs> and putting the universe to rights with a supremely British accent because he is a uh, Brit. And I, I, I mean, Britishness yeah, okay, aside, that could have been a description of five from the Umbrella Academy. I was like, just exactly <laughs> the Umbrella Academy. And, and the yeah, Umbrella Academy so does the, the exact same thing with the the futuristic mega corporation type thing that uses old kind of 50s, 60s style tech, like monitors okay, I, that I think that's a, a freaking crazy good point that's a you know, crazy good point tropes. I've just looked tropes. up that's what I'm saying uh, I've just looked up so the Umbrella Academy was developed by Jeremy Slater fuck it I'm nominating Jeremy Slater <laughs> I loved the Umbrella Academy I mean, yeah. I'm on board with that too. <laughs> I think that was a very well created show. Well done. Mm. <laughs> See, I thought one of your two names was going to be Jamie Matheson. Oh, no. That's uh, what you it, led it, me to no. believe with a comment from about 40 minutes ago. No, that's a different <laughs> character. I know which comment you're thinking of. Why don't you talk us through Jamie Matheson? Well, just he's the guy who wrote a bunch of Capaldi episodes that we liked. Oxygen, the girl who died flatline, Mummy on the Orient Express. And yeah. he was in the running, or he wanted to be considered to be the showrunner after Moffat. That's true. They went against going with two grim Scots in a row, chose a grim Englishman instead. I forgot about him, actually. You're absolutely right. Was he the one who had a super duper dark backstory planned for his doctor? I don't know if it was a backstory or whether it was just going to uncover a really super super dark conspiracy um pedophile ring in a boarding school something like that something of that nature certainly that caliber i can't remember what it was now but no punches prince andrew would have been quaking in his boots <laughs> <laughs> nice topical ref there <laughs> <laughs> He would have taken no prisoners. He would I he would have been fun. I doubt yeah, they're gonna I, go that way. I agree. I'm sure he's got two series worth of scripts hoarded by now. But one of the things I was actually going to say was perhaps isn't it time to rethink the showrunner model? Because with Chibbers it hasn't worked. If you have a less than brilliant showrunner, then it permeates every aspect of the show. Whereas if you have a showrunner who maybe writes one or two episodes a year rather than half to two thirds of them, then they have more time to make everything else work. Mm. And well, we have- talked about this on Twitter, didn't we? Like, but I, I don't know if those two are necessarily mutually exclusive. Like, you can have one or, let's say, a pair of showrunners, but a whole writer's room. Yeah. And those writers collaborate on multiple seasons and make it freaking crazy good. But I think it makes sense to have one tops two showrunners who focus that vision. Yeah, exactly. But while they're focusing that vision, they can't also be writing half the scripts because clearly it's too much yeah i agree if there is a writer's room though they wouldn't be they would maybe have like ideas and input on story and on arcs because they have that vision but then there's a room of let's say half a dozen to a dozen people who are crafting those episodes polishing the shit out of those dialogues and making them just zing like crazy bananas yeah and the more people who are involved at all stages of the process the more people who say actually you know what that line needs a tweak the better a show is yeah, but that's, th- that's the exact thing that was missing from Chibnall is it wasn't 
like a massive story arc and it didn't feel like the characters were getting that much progression across the series it felt really episodic which is weird if he was writing so many of them but was he actually writing so many of them like i mean yes he, had he was but i thought part of maybe this was season one only but wasn't part of the thing that he wanted a different writer for every episode well look i've got season 11 in front of me chris chibnall wrote five of the 10 episodes by himself and was involved in a sixth he also oh, right, wrote okay. resolution then we have the next 11 he w- he wrote four himself was involved in another the three that leaves three episodes in which he didn't have a credit and then oh, he wrote I, I revolution back, yeah. as well yeah no yeah. i mean and that clearly didn't I mean, work yeah that kind of explains everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, there was the two, never I was, two sorry. things i had going through my head as like kind of current references is stranger things i have a feeling the duffer brothers always bookended mm. the series they maybe wrote another episode in the middle somewhere but they always did the opener and the closer and obviously it's their show so they oversaw the other writing and i think yeah. that worked phenomenally well because mm. that's a fucking amazing series and then like the latest star wars films there was no coherent showrunner for it because they changed directors and then back again and you feel that like you do need that person to sit or people to sit above it and go this is the arc this is the story these are the characters this is how they work but yeah i 100 percent agree with drew exactly which is why the prequel trilogy really works yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no, because because that didn't have the the outside influence of people saying no, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That's the thing. Yeah, you you need you're absolutely right. You need someone who has like, if it's just a trilogy, then it's it it doesn't make as or has have as big an impact. But if it's a whole series of a show, then yeah, if you can bookend it with one distinct voice that just adds direction, that's a vector, a start and end. Great, that's perfect. But if in the middle you don't have an additional eleven voices going, uh, pump the brakes, Chibbers. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just not going to work out. I had completely forgotten about Matheson, but there was another New Who name on these lists who was mentioned as a, quote, heir apparent to them off. And that was Toby Wit House. Well, yes, we've just reviewed a Toby Whithouse episode, haven't we? That's right. Yeah, that went really well. <laughs> uh, so now's the absolute worst time to suggest him, but um, he he does have a pedigree of long involvement with the series. I can't deny Certainly. it. Certainly, yeah. But again, did he do any in the Chibnall era, or did they did they just get rid of all the previous writers and start afresh? I I, I think the one that we just reviewed of of uh, his was his last one. Mm. It's been a long time. Isn't it? I feel like it was. He's been involved. Yeah, I think so. On this website that I, I looked at, there was a Chibas writer, Vinay Patel, who wrote Demons of the Punjab. And holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes, one absolutely phenomenal episode, namely um, namely Fugitive of the Jadoon. Oh, so they think he could become the next showrunner? Writing two episodes, is that enough? And one of them co-written? I don't know if that's enough to prove that you would be a good showrunner. I'm not finding much on wikipedia anyway he wrote a honor killing drama which is a different speed um what did chibnall have right, yeah, before let's... he took over that's uh, a good question oh so i, I think it's well, interesting doctor who episodes a bunch of doctor who episodes to, more to than two pick, certainly yeah. more than two but yeah I don't, I don't know like it's interesting that they they have this history of picking people who have been involved in the production before and it seems like Chibnall has maybe pulled up the drawbridge a little bit by writing all the episodes himself afterwards. But, you know. <laughs> um, 
if, if you've been involved so Chibnall, in the production, then you obviously have an understanding of how things work. Maybe you've been more involved than credits actually say as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, there is still a series of Jodie Whittaker to come and specials. But given that series 13 is going to be one story and the specials are surely going to be Chibnall, 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 what space is there for any writers to get involved between yeah. now and then? Well, yeah. l- looking at Chibnall on IMDb, he, he had done a bunch. We talked about Broadchurch, I think, already on this episode. Or certainly, we've talked about Broadchurch at some point. So he created Broadchurch. That's already a Doctor Who connection as well. He created Malaterra, never heard of it uh the great train robbery wrote that tv series created the tv series camelot torchwoods rose episodes there life on mars born and bred like the guy had a, a history of either writing or creating shows yeah yeah and doctor right. who is the keys to the kingdom it's the flagship yeah. you've got to have a exactly. degree of some kind mm, yeah yeah does that do we think that rules out anyone who has been writing for the Chibnall era then? Because they just haven't had a chance to I mean I think that much. rules out Vinay Patel. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I I mean perhaps Chibnall's idea of I'll do three episodes and out meant that he was like, Well, I've got to make the most of my uh, limited time on the show and he just didn't think ahead. Um, I have to, have to interject here because he's on record saying he had a five-year plan. This whole they were in a pact to yeah. only do three. I'm sorry, but that is post hoc. <laughs> 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 but it will have been five years. But yeah, but if it hadn't been the pandemic. For... Exactly. Well, I'm if not it so been sure. The coronavirus. I'm not so sure because but... series twelve aired just before the pandemic started. We've got used to Doctor Who lead times being about eighteen months. Maybe it just locked a couple of episodes off rather than delayed a series by a year. So you think mm. his five year plan included the series that he's done and nothing more? Like a year with yeah. I want to do this for five years, but one of those years I won't release any episodes. Yes, that's happened. That has precedent. Twenty sixteen. We only got. Mysterio. I think there was only one Doctor Who episode in 2019. Yeah, that's true. That was the New Year's Day one. So there was a well, 364-day stretch. Cautious, he's the most cautious man on earth to like go, okay, they got prior on this. I'm going to have my grand five-year <laughs> plan with a missing year. <laughs> <laughs> it seems really quite unlikely doesn't it? <laughs> it i think it's possible i think the bbc are like buddy we're constantly making cutbacks we've got to save x hundred million pounds because we can't raise the license fee basically ever um can you put it off hmm. that's not far-fetched to me it's a possibility <laughs> and maybe he's just aware of his limitations that's also possible yeah absolutely well, he shouldn't have gone in for the job if he was aware of his limitations. <laughs> I mean, there are other names on this list, by the way. Go for um, it. Okay. Sarah Dollars wrote Face the Raven and Thin Ice, has also worked on Bridgerton, uh, Discovery of Witches, uh, <laughs> Neighbours. Actually, yes, uh, I've heard her name mentioned as a possible next showrunner. I Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I've registered that. Mm. There you go. And, I mean, you know, we've had sure. we've had a female doctor. Why not a female showrunner? Yeah, yeah and no I reason why not to. Really enjoy Bridgerton, so I'm happy with that. I still haven't watched it. Oh, so good. <laughs> Remember to turn the sound down lest your neighbours judge you. Ah, uh, they've heard worse, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was only one more name on this list, actually. Pete McTeague, I might be mispronouncing that, wrote Kerblam and Praxius. Now I don't remember just, which episode Praxius is. Now we're just listing people who were involved in more than one episode. 
<laughs> Isn't Quentin the also, really shit one? I don't remember which one is it. Is that the one with the the virus and the really down your throat ecological bent? That it is, Jim. That it is. The one where so, they do lots of location hopping and there's a guy who oh, dies on a beach and everybody's like, "So what?" That yeah. Yeah, was yeah. pants. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Here are some of his showrunner slash directorial. Uh, actually, I say some one Wentworth. <laughs> uh, he created prison drama Wentworth. Wentworth is a golf course. What? Wentworth. Yeah. Fine. Uh, <laughs> there you go. About a women's prison. Apparently, I've not seen it. I'm going to write a women's um, prison drama called Lytham St. Anne's. <laughs> <laughs> A little golf humor for you there. Bingo bongo. That's the that, that is the full list that I'm looking at right now. No. Whoa. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize there are two more. There are two more showrunners on this list. A duo: Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton of League of Gentlemen fame. <gasps> that would be interesting. No, I I think we need a new era. Oh. Okay. They're the same Mark Gatiss crowd. They, and, are. Yeah. they are. We'd never get rid of Gatiss if okay. we've had them. Yeah, and they're having way too much writing and doing everything for Inside Number 9. I think yeah. that oh, yeah, is yeah. That's true. their perfect outlet, their niche. Right, yeah. yeah. Stay where you are, Reese and Steve. <laughs> and last on the list, Sally Wainwright has worked on The Archers, on Emmerdale, on Coronation Street. Well, I mean... Don. You're not I mean, filling me with yeah, confidence. Me, really. <laughs> I don't know. Doctor Who under RTD had a bit of a soapy quality. I'm not saying we need to go back to that, but sounds like she knows how to churn them out. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, also, Lost Tango in Halifax, Happy Valley, Gentleman Jack. Oh, so she's, she's worked with Jacoby. <gasps> Oh, Doctor Who connection. I've heard good things about Happy Valley. I haven't watched it, but it's supposed to be good. I have no idea what it is, even. Sarah well, Lancashire she's, she's police a Yorkshire drama. Lass. Yeah, obviously. We know that. <laughs> bias, bias. <laughs> okay, so of all the names that we've mentioned so far, does anyone stand out to you? Or do you I want to throw like another name into the ring? The person, whoever was the showrunner for the end of the fucking world, I would like to put their name <laughs> into the hat. Is that because their showrunning abilities particularly stood out to you, or do you just really love the show? Just a brilliant show. Well, surely, if it's a brilliant show, then it means it must have a brilliant showrunner, doesn't that <laughs> track? Well, you can like a show for the actors or the writing. I- Hmm. Maybe that is the show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm finding it difficult to find this on Google, but it, it may have been Dominic Buchanan. Ooh. At least uh, one of the co-creators of The End of the Fucking World. Then I oh, Leon knows Dominic. him. Dominic Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure what oh, you're looking Oh, that does ring about. a bell. I think it's, I think it's more <laughs> like to be Charlie Cobble. Charlie Cobble. Charlie... <laughs> Yeah, Charlie Cobble. Charlie Cobble has written by and story by on sixteen episodes, which I think might be all of them. Mm. Two series, eight episodes. Uh, Bingo bongo. No, I think it's Charlie Cobble. Yeah. Uh, Rad. Well done, Charlie. Okay, so that's your name, Marie. Uh, anyone else? Jim, who's yours? I have no idea. I mean, Drew, who's yours? I'm wait, with wait, wait, Jim. Wait. <laughs> when you when you were talking about Sally Sally Wainwright and it was like soap stuff, I was not on board. But the the other references are kind of interesting. Mm. And yeah, she seems like someone who has created and been in control of a lot of stuff, which I most of it I haven't seen. 
but people talk about and is well regarded. <gasps> the last so, Tango in Halifax. Yes. And scrolling down further for Marie's reaction to <gasps> Sparkhouse. Oh my god! I was literally. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was literally, literally, literally when we started talking about um, showrunners, I was going to be like, "Oh yeah, and the showrunner for Sparkhouse is brilliant." I didn't know who it was, but it's this woman, and so I'm backing her now. Sparkhouse. If you haven't watched it, Sparkhouse. Watch it. It's so good. It's like okay. So wait, like, hang on. So who is this again? Sally Ray- Wainwright. Sally Wainwright. Sally Wainwright. Okay. Should have known. Should have known. I think she's basically done every like northern show <laughs> in the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sparkhouse is like it's like a northern like Jane Eyre. Is it Jane Eyre? Wuthering Heights. Oh it's wow. One of them. I think it might be Wuthering I think Heights. Wuthering Heights is what you've said. Yeah, before. I think it's Wuthering Heights, but it's like a modern day like Wuthering Heights. I know Wuthering Heights is okay. northern, but yeah, oh, it's awesome. Oh, like a three three part like mini drama thing mini series yeah okay but yeah it's literally when that you said, good. when you said, I think it must have been when you mentioned her and I started thinking about the happy the happy valley I was like oh whoever did Spark House I should I should mention their name but I don't know who it is it's the same one Spark House. well we that's Spark- too serendipitous to be ignored I'm definitely going to watch Spark House <laughs> this weekend as well because we, we, we I was scrolling through the other day and I saw it and I was like, oh man, I haven't seen Spark House in a while. I'm going to watch it this weekend. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm debating it right now. Spark House TV miniseries. Three episodes, is that it? Yeah. The relationship between childhood sweethearts, a farmer, farmer's daughter and boy from a rich family. I feel like there's an article missing there. Turns tumultuous in this modern interpretation of Wuthering Heights. 7.2 oh, out of 10. 7.2, that's not very good. Oh well. That's plenty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would give it an 8 at least. Yeah, and it's also got Celia Imrie in it, who is a Doctor Who connection. Woohoo! Uh, a Holy Smokes and Jessica Harris. Um, I'm kidding, I have Sarah no idea who that is. Smart, I think is as well. Yeah, she was one of the um, gangers. <gasps> Yeah. Oh right. Cool. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, nice to go. Yeah. So many doctors. Okay. So Berlin okay. is w- voting for Wainwright. Is that what yes, I'm hearing? Yes. I'm actually might go and put some money on her next week because I feel like <laughs> it's, it's so impetuous. I think I've seen her name being thrown around. I didn't really know who she was. Mm. Okay. Uh, Drew, do you have a favorite? Not really. Her or Dollard, I guess. Okay, all right. Personally, I would quite like to see Kate Heron. I, I I think she's in vogue and did a good job on Loki, yada, yada, yada. But like the, the child in me really wants to see J. Michael Straczynski. Not sure about anyone else. Okay, how about this? As a concluding note, what quality in the next showrunner or what quality in the next run, the next production run of Doctor Who is it that you're looking for? What is it that you, you're wishing abundance Mm. and i don't just mean that in terms of lots of episodes quickly i mean that in terms of someone who's happy to constantly be in the limelight pushing the show forward rather than chibnall disappearing into his bunker for eons at a time yeah moff certainly did that moff did a great job of that i think i would like someone who thinks about the bigger picture and does do the massive story arcs again and someone who can take it in a new direction so it's not always harking back to what we've done before but someone with more vision and like the like i loved moffat as a showrunner and the i was so excited when he started because of the episodes that he'd done previously he'd brought in really interesting new monsters into the mix that instantly became classics and i think that creativity like yeah 
just someone that can take what we've got but just run with it and magnify it and make it better yeah i'm with you on that but i really want the next showrunners to not forget where the show came from when we heard oh we're gonna have a season oh sorry what was that but it it does i feel like it does rely so heavily on like oh we're gonna roll out the daleks again and oh look we haven't had a cyberman episode in a while and it does rely quite heavily on those things it's been nice to have a little bit of a break didn't chibbers do a fantastic job like an absolutely incredible job of reinventing those two i didn't i certainly had a newfound fear of the daleks under chibbers and the lone cyberman wasn't he like just universally Mm. loved by fans that's knowing where the show comes from knowing the universe that that show exists in but giving it a slightly new spin and taking it into a bold new you know in a bold new direction rather than just regurg- i agree with you i don't also I, I also don't want the next showrunner to just regurgitate the same base under siege nonsense with the same daleks or the same cybermen or the same whatever but it is quite valuable to know that it's the same universe mm, yeah absolutely i think the the lone cyberman thing was genuinely an incredibly good twist on what Cybermen have been before and I've been on the record before saying that Cybermen get a raw deal a lot of the time I think in New Hoop in particular they've been fucked over left right and center and it's really depressing um but that happened a bit with the daleks as well under chipdoor's reign like we did see like the what was it like kind of one type of dalek against another type of dalek and then them all being outwitted and flying into a tardis or whatever and that's true it it was just kind of yeah numbers thrown at a television screen without any kind of backing of story like what you were talking about this uh, guy who does babylon 5 and could do proper kind of world building like i would totally be on board mm. with that Mm. with Daleks and or cyber cybermen but yeah that takes someone to really dedicate themselves to that and it's you can't do monster of the week and that at the same time necessarily maybe you get a couple of monster of the weeks or or whatever um but the, the thing for me I think is I don't massively care if they do monster of the week I don't massively care if they pull out old staples like the the Daleks and the Cybermen what I have missed over the last few series is actually giving a shit about the companions and giving a shit Aye. about the relationship between the companions and the doctor nice yeah. and yeah. you can if you can build that then you can go into any situation and there are characters you care about there are things unfolding in front of you that are being like sent back to you through these these people like you know we always talk about the companion is the the audience in the TARDIS you know and it's just it just hasn't worked under Chibnall there were too many they were underdeveloped they were just pathetic in their relationship with the doctor and all this kind of stuff so more than anything that's why I want back oh holy moly yes you're right yeah great point Jim fully agree to wrap things up for now we are going to get around to a topic that uh, Tracy from America had an opinion on on Tracy Twitter. From America. Tracy from America Tracy said, "From America, yeah, her." She said, <laughs> "Make the next Doctor non-binary." She submitted a little mini in support of that, but it's a bit late now, so we're gonna address that in its own bonus episode coming up soon. Rad, woohoo, woohoo! Come yeah. Thank you, Tracy. Yes, thank you very much, Tracy. Um, and if anyone else in podcast land has anything else they'd like to send to us, some suggestions, some opinions about, our, you know, which new doctors did you like or dislike? Do you agree with us? Do you, you know, hate what we've suggested? Let us know. We're all available on the Tinterweb. Drew, where are you available? Oh, 
<laughs> Why I can be found on the t- Twitter at Drew Backwell. <laughs> Excellent branding. Excellent branding. And how about you, uh, Mr. Leon? Well, I can also be found on uh, t- Twitter. I am at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. High-five me online. I will high-five you right back. Excellent. And Mr. Jim, where can people find you? I can also be found on Twitter. <laughs> And I can be found <laughs> at Jimmy the Who. That's, a, that's an expert Jimmy the Northern. Who. <laughs> <laughs> what a chap. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not on Twitter, uh, but you can find me on Instagram. At oh, that's even better. Have... <laughs> oh, you're on the gram? Oh, on the gram. on the gram. Yeah, because I'm young, hick, and cool, and that's how we roll. So, as, as younger <laughs> millennials. <laughs> You can find me at Hamash and Jelly. Please do come and give me a follow and a wave and a like, and I will uh, follow you right back. Did you say Ham, Mash, and Jelly? Yeah, because those are three of my favorite things. Favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Yeah, so that's it for us. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled listening next week. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. What are we doing? The next new who is Empress of Mars. After that, we have a classic, namely Enlightenment. Goodbye, everyone out there. Hope you're taking care of yourselves and being rad and excellent to each other. Love you. Bye. See ya. Yes, rock on. Ciao, ciao. Bye, bye. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao. Who back when?